All right, the countdown is over. That means it is time for a very special edition of the Get Off My Lawn podcast. My name is John. I will be your host tonight. As always, I'm sorry. It's the same ugly mug that you're used to. Nothing special tonight there. Um, for those of you that tried to join us on Tuesday night, first of all, I have no idea what happened. I'm very sorry about the first half hour. Maybe 35 minutes of that was uh, decent. And then something happened, went off the rails. I don't know what happened to it. Uh, so I'm blaming gremlins. And uh, so we're going to do this again because some of this info is just a little bit too important to, to just skip it. And if we wait till next week to talk about it, then uh, some of this is actually going to be in the past. So I want to get the word out the best that we can here. Um, so let me switch this over here on my screen. And uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time um, uh, with a bunch of stuff. We're just going to kind of jump right in here. So I've got a few guests, a few new guests that have not yet uh, graced our show with, uh, with their faces until now. So uh, we're just going to uh, give everybody a chance. What I want to do um, real quick is just let all three of you uh, just introduce yourselves. Um, who are you and uh, what, uh, what do you do? What, uh, why should we know you? So we're going to let the lady go first. We will put Rebecca Schmoy up here and we'll go full screen for you. Rebecca, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, thanks for being I'm here. I'm Rebecca Schmoy. Thank you for pronouncing the <laughs> name correctly. Uh, everybody mispronounces it and says it. Um, I work with One Million Moms Against Gun Control. Um, what we do, we're basically a liaison between women who are interested in knowing more about firearms, basics, safety, uh, proficiency, things like that and laws and how to change them if you don't like them and how to support legislature that is doing what you what you want them to represent you doing. I also work with the DC Project um, and that is a group that is Women for Gun Rights. Very cool. All righty. Well, um, thank you very much again for your time. And you, uh, your feed might be just a little bit jumpy. Um, your audio was cutting in and out a little bit. So it's good right now. If we need to, we may ask you maybe just to turn off your camera and just stick okay. with the audio. But but uh, for now, we're not going to do that because you are the nicest looking person on this show tonight. So <laughs> we don't want to kill the feed if we don't have to. Um, all right. Next up, we have got Chris Chang. Now, some of you who are familiar with a certain show on History Channel uh, may recognize Chris's face but uh you know what you can actually tell everybody better than I can who are you and uh, where do we know you from sir sure thing so hi everybody my name is Top Shot Chris Chang and I was on season four of Top Shot on the History Channel and my background is I'm a self-taught amateur who used to uh, well I still do work in Silicon Valley but uh, I quit my job uh, at Google after winning Top Shot and uh, I won $100,000 and a pro shooting contract with Bass Pro Shops, uh, who is the show sponsor. And it changed my life uh, totally for the better. And this was a, a very unexpected career turn for me to leave technology and come not only shoot guns for a living, but to also be a Second Amendment advocate. Uh, and I'm also gay, so I'm also an LGBT advocate and 
uh, for me, thinking about how LGBT rights and, and gun rights are very much one and the same for me, and they're very much wrapped in the same uh, overarching theme of freedom, right? In America, we are a free people and nobody should live in fear. And so for me, uh, I'm both gay and a gun owner. Uh, so I get a lot of support from both the, uh, the, the, the pro-gun and pro-LGBT people, but then uh, also catch my fair share of inbound uh, attention, shall we say, from the <laughs> anti-gun and anti-LGBT groups. But you know what? You know, it's it's we all have to live our lives, right? We have to we have to live our own truths and not be afraid of that. And I'm really uh, I'm really happy and thankful to be on the show today with uh, this fantastic group of people. Well, we are very thankful to have you here with us tonight too. So, uh, just like Rebecca, you kind of break the stereotype that gun owners and uh, pro 2a advocates are old white guys wearing a flannel shirt i mean neither one of you two fits that mold so i mean it's, it's just really cool to um without making a big deal of it and without making you know the night about that i mean the fact that i've got um you know four people on my panel and none of us are the same so um you know we all represent different groups of people and it's, it's just really really cool um to uh to be able to do that so now that i've said that um let me introduce an old white guy so <laughs> i wear now, a hawaiian shirt so i don't wear flannel okay well there you go there you go still still uh still makes you different then right no um for for those of you that did try to hang out with us on tuesday night uh paul was with us uh, paul lathrop um again i won't uh do as good a job as you will so who are you paul why do we know you well, uh, people that do know me know me from uh, one of a few places. I am the owner and uh, an executive producer, I guess you could say, of the Polite Society podcast. There's a large staff that works on the show, but I'm the guy that kicked the thing off eight years ago. And uh, I'm the owner of the Self-Defense Radio Network. And so if you follow some of the shows there, you'll probably hear my voice. And also, I am the person that broadcasts Gun Rights Policy Conference. And between me and my wife, we are the people that put on the AMCON Second Amendment Media Workshop every year. Awesome. So now, just real quick, would you um, you tell us a little bit about what AMCON is? I know you talked about it Tuesday, but again, for those of, uh, those of everybody, I guess, that didn't get to hear it, real quick, what was AMCON? I know what happened this last weekend. AMCON is, every year, in conjunction with Gun Rights Policy Conference, we put together what got termed AMCON, the Alternative Mass Media Conference. What it is, is people who are involved in Second Amendment media are really pariahs in the podcasting and YouTube world. Uh, it's hard to go to conferences. For example, uh, there's PodFest that happens every year in Florida and a few others. It's really hard to go there because whenever you mention you're a gun podcast or you're about gun rights or human rights, as I like to call it, because the gun doesn't have the right, the human does. But whenever you talk, you're, you're in, you say that you're about the Second Amendment, you get treated like a pariah, like, oh, my God, it's a baby killer. And so we thought it would be just really cool if we had something we could do for us, for Second Amendment media, anybody's welcome but it's about second amendment media where we can all trade best practices uh find people that are good at this and they teach everybody else how to do it 
and find, for example, people that are awesome at uh, phrasing and writing for blog posts. They, we had a person talking about that. Uh, people that are awesome at building studios. We have a person that talked about that. Just us show, us helping each, uh, each other make their shows better. That's what we're about. Very cool. All right. Now let's uh, switch the view here a little bit. We'll bring everybody up onto the screen here so that uh, I don't have to... I'm not the best producer in the world, and my producer is not with me tonight. She had another uh, appointment that she uh, is not back from yet, so uh, she's not in her producer's chair doing the, the stuff that she normally does, which is why you haven't seen her comments out there in the live chat, but uh, I do. I am going to try and keep up with the live chat, so um, if you, there is anything that uh, anybody wants to know, please uh, tag me in uh, in the YouTube chat there. Just put an at symbol in front of Sandhill Shooter and then space it and capitalize it accordingly, and I will... Uh, I'll be able to see those and, and hopefully I can get any questions fielded that you have for any of the panelists here. Um, so we've got GRPC coming up this weekend. And uh, that is, uh, of course, Gun Rights Policy Conference, which has just really, really grown. This is what, the 35th year, 34th year, 30, 35 years. Uh -huh. So so for 35 years now, people who are uh, in support of 2A rights have gotten together and kind of just what Paul was just saying as far as the tech side of it goes, GRPC is about getting together and discussing what works, discussing what doesn't, and finding out alternatives that may work better, and just um, everybody helping everybody support the Second Amendment. So when you, uh, when you learn that there are so many different groups out there that support our rights, not just NRA, there's GOA, there's FBC, there's SAF, there's so many that I can't list them all. Uh, those are just at the, the nationwide level. Every state's got organizations and some cities have organizations. So um, when you find out that all of these organizations, not only do they exist uh, or coexist, but um, they actually are all friends and everybody helps everybody within this community because everybody understands that a rising tide raises all ships, right? And so it's really cool to see, and I've not yet had the opportunity to uh, to go to the GRPC. Um, I knew I wasn't going to make it this year, even before it had to go virtual, uh, which it's not going to be held in person. It is going to be a virtual event this year. Um, and uh, probably next year is not going to happen either, unless it's super close to us. Um, but I've got some other travel stuff going on. Um next year so so the budget's probably going to be shot so maybe in a couple of years i'll get out there and be able to actually literally rub elbows and shake hands with all the people that i'm starting to starting to meet i only know them through my computer screen so far so that's going to be really cool um as far as talking about what grpc is now i don't want anybody to give away um what you're going to be talking about because i mean we want everybody to tune in i get that so um the reason that I've got Chris and Rebecca here tonight and Paul too, because Paul is, is very instrumental in making GRPC uh, work and, and all of us who don't go to it, he, Paul has been helping us be able to see those uh, presentations for a long time now. Uh, but Rebecca and Chris, uh, you are actually um, going to be presenting at the GRPC and uh, Chris, I understand you're even, um, sharing some of the hosting or MC duties. I'm not sure exactly how that works or what the right title is. Um, 
Well, so, so yeah, to clarify there, like you said earlier, there are so many organizations and we're actually in like co major conference season. So, you know, the gun rights policy conference this weekend, um, uh, the second amendment foundation is hosting that. Uh, I am just a participant as a speaker in, in GRPC, but then we have a second event in October on October 24th. That's the rally for your, our two a rights rally, which we can talk about that separately. So I just want to clarify, I'm uh, on the organizing committee for the October 24th rally for your two way rights. Okay, event. Yeah, GRPC is a, it's a, it's a whole nother beast, which is uh, going to be a great <laughs> event. All right. So my mistake, but we're going to cover both things here. Um, so now I know, I know Rebecca, you are speaking uh, at GRPC, correct? Not at the GR. No. No, um, you're both on the rally. We. <laughs> but what are you guys? Why are you here? Women that are represented from the DC project. We've got several of those who are involved, and they will be speaking. And they will be speaking about how important it is to contact your representatives and how important it is to build relationships, and what it is to be a woman in the gun industry. So we are, we are going to be very well represented. Very cool. Okay. So, so let's, um, let me see if I can save a little bit of face here. Um, Paul, are you at all involved with GRPC this year? I'm yes, I am speaking <laughs> and I'm doing some, I'm doing some, uh, there's going to be a cocktail reception, virtual, of course, before uh, Friday night and Saturday night, I'm going to be doing some hosting duties with that. Okay. Alrighty. So would you, um, anything that, that people need to know about the upcoming GRPC first, we will switch gears here in a little bit. Um, but as far as GRPC, that is this weekend, the folks that are watching that want to know more about that or want to know where to find it. Um, where do we go for such a thing? The easiest way uh, is on Facebook, if you have Facebook, and there's a way on YouTube as well, and there's going to be other feeds. But the easiest way is to go to the Second Amendment Foundation Facebook page. And at 10 a.m. Saturday morning, Central Time, it will go. Uh, it'll run. It'll run. And uh, that's the easiest way. There's going to be a myriad of people who are who are uh, presenting and some who are uh, closely tied to the Second Amendment Foundation will be hosting watch parties where you can interact with us as GRPC is happening. But if you're if you're just interested in catching what GRPC is all about uh, and, 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 and some of the fantastic lineup of speakers they've got coming, uh, the, the, the easiest place to catch it is on the Facebook page for Second Amendment Foundation. Uh, for somebody who may not have ever experienced it, been there, or watched it on uh, on the feed while it's happening, it is the who's who of people who are fighting for your Second Amendment rights. Uh, Chris spoke there last year, and I believe, Chris, you've spoken before there as well. But uh, it, people who are really at the forefront of making the charge to, to retain and expand our Second Amendment rights 
uh, talk from the stage and say what's been happening with them, uh, what successes they've had, what's worked for them. And the beautiful thing about we cannot do live in person this year, but the beautiful thing when it is live, I got to shake Chris Cheng's hands last year. I got to, I get to meet people like Alan Gottlieb, who is the leader of the SAF, Alan Gura, who is the attorney for the Heller decision, which really kicked things off in the modern era for our rights uh, in the Supreme Court. Um, and I get to talk to him one-on-one. -on -one and, and, and it's not like if you were to meet a Hollywood celebrity. They care about what you say. They listen to you. It's, and, and, and they ask your opinion on things. It's, it's just so awesome. That's very cool. Oh, that is all coming up, and this thing has grown so much. Um, what was it? The, the first year there were a handful of people there. Uh, I know I read somewhere the, the head count the first time. I can't remember what it is, but I know that um, this year we've got over 100 people speaking. Oh, and last year, they, the, the attendance you said was just over 1,100, I believe. Then yes, And this, this year would have blown that out of the water had we actually been able to to meet uh there in orlando so it would have been really cool but honestly we've got the potential to make this huge because plane tickets aren't cheap gasoline <laughs> is not cheap but clicking a link and hitting share that's free and we can all click the link we can all share we can all talk about it we can all tell our friends if you've got anybody at work that is not completely anti-gun and you just want to say, hey, there's a big conference going on, a virtual conference this weekend, um, you know, just go to saf.org slash grpc and get all the details. You can register there to get notifications actually sent to you. Um, so um, it's not that hard to do. We can share the Facebook page. We can share the link. We can share stuff. Um, if it's up on YouTube, then we can even share those videos too. You don't have to have... A Facebook page like I do for Sand Hill Shooter, you can just do it. So the the potential for millions to uh, to be involved this year is it's it's there like it's never been before because we all need to help pr promote this. Because if you're listening to my voice, chances are you're probably pro two A, and if you're pro two A, we need your help. You don't have to get up and speak in front of people to be helpful. Everybody's good at something, and if you can click a link and share it then that is, it's just invaluable right now. So, so that's coming up this weekend. And then later on in October, there's another event going on. Um, it is going to be um, the second annual now. And it, I know last year when the, uh, when the rally for your 2A rights happened on the, the nation's capital lawn, the, the organizers didn't know for sure if it was going to be a one-off or if it was going to be an annual event or exactly what was going to happen. They decided they were going to do it again this year. And they were going to have it be a, a physical live event on the Capitol lawn again this year, right up until about last week, I think it was week, week and a half ago, when um, they found out that due to the uh, the local laws in D.C., uh, and I, I forget now if it's Capitol Police or if it's um, Parks and Recreation in D.C., but one or the other is in charge of the permitting for that and the re they're restricted right now if if they uh went ahead and had it they could only have 50 people there and they just decided this is bigger than that we can do better again virtually than if we have that 
pull that permit and and get 50 people there only and then pick and choose who gets it who doesn't get an invite um now i've heard rob rob pinkus talk about this and he said there you know there may be people that go ahead and decide to go to the capitol and you know take their phone or their tablet and you know watch these things from that spot and that's you know fine if you're in the area and you want to go i mean you don't need a permit just to go there uh only to have a gathering so that'd be kind of cool i kind of want to see pictures of somebody that actually went there to to watch some of these presentations from the capitol on i think that'd be great um, i'm in nebraska so that's it's not going to happen for me um for those of you that that don't know out there nebraska is a state that most people fly over it and they don't think we matter, but we do have votes out here. So anyway, it's, it's a beautiful state. I've actually stopped in Nebraska and not just flown over it. So. That's so cool. All right. You, you just made my heart warm, Chris, when you said that. <laughs> Paul drives a truck and he actually stops uh, sometimes at the truck stop in my town. So he not only knows just, where Nebraska is. Just to go to the is, bathroom, though, and then he just continues then on he gets, Yeah, and then he keeps going because it's not worth sticking around for. Plus, we're only, <laughs> we're only three hours from his house. So, I mean... Like, like he said before we went live, I mean, he'll stop here and then he will uh, keep rolling because that's not even a, a half a day's work three hours down the road. So, uh, so um, if it's okay, I, I want to address, uh, you know, some of the background of the rally for your two rights. Yeah. Rally. I mean, so I'm on the organizing committee and have been you know very involved in a lot of the details and the logistics and, you know, right, the intent for this year was to have another in-person rally. We had upwards of 2,000 people last year. And, you know, I, I've been in the firearms industry for a very short eight years. And every time I've heard this idea of an in-person rally come up, a lot of the old guard is very hesitant. They're skeptical. Um, they say everything from like gun people aren't rally, you know, parade, par you know, parade people. Like if you do something like this, you won't have anybody show up. But last year, was the test bed. And we definitely had an extremely strong proof of concept where not only did 2000 some people show up, but we had hundreds and thousands of views on all of the videos. Um, you know, and then the, um, it was, a, you know, Breitbart was on site and um, that live feed had uh, just, you know, a ton, a ton of people, um, you know, viewing the 30 plus speakers that we had. So for this year, Right, like you mentioned, John, a few weeks ago, uh, it was Capitol Hill Police that manages the permits, and they mentioned that uh, they were going to restrict all permits, all events, to 50 people or less. Right, so you know, like anybody who's put on and organized an event uh, can understand how many behind-the-scenes logistics that are entailed and the cost, right, for putting on event. And to be to be frank, you know, we we caught a lot of flack, you know, when we announced that we were going to move to a virtual platform, and and a lot of the criticism was around, hey, you know, if other protest groups can just show up in the National Mall, right, without a permit, and throw up a stage and have fifty thousand people, you know, show up there, uh, why can't we? Well, I mean, the the reality is this: it's one thing if if a protest group is protesting for kind of a more let's let's call it a mainstream cause it, it's another thing if you know let's be frank like the, the second amendment you know advocacy that we're that we're all doing is you know we we want to become more mainstream and we are a huge constituency so like let, let's get that straight right we are a huge constituency of you know over a hundred million people 
but it's right. We're, we're, we're not received with warm arms in mainstream media, right? We don't have Hollywood elite and we don't have uh, a ton of politicians who just want to welcome, you know, pro second amendment people under their arms. So what it came down to was this, we have seen the huge amounts of violence, right? That have just been wreaking havoc, right? In, in multiple cities in our country. And if we happen to, if we did an in-person rally, right? In Washington, DC and Antifa or some other anti-gun organization decided to show up and right, start, you know, causing some havoc. It doesn't matter who started it, right? Or whose fault it was. Like if there was any sort of violence, right? To, to mar the event, it would look bad on the entire Second Amendment community. And that's that's the thing that we wanted to avoid. And to flip it around, you know, I'm excited for a virtual format. For me, it harkens back to the days of old school telethons, right? Mm -hmm. You're watching TV, you're seeing, right? You're seeing hosts who are talking about, uh, right, different concepts. You're, you've got lot, and then you've got speakers that are coming in, uh, we're, we're planning to involve viewers, right? If you want to comment on Facebook and ask a question, right? We'll ask that question live, right? To whoever you, you know, the viewer wants to ask the question to. So we're, we're wanting it to be this interactive platform that we, we, we couldn't do it in person, right? And, and the, the, the internet, right? And the virtual platform will empower us to really involve way more people right than than we uh than we could imagine with an in-person event yeah and and that's one of the things that i always mention um just the fact that you know some of us do our, our podcasting we're not only audio we're we're video we're live streaming right out here on youtube um facebook whatever it is but the the cool thing that i like about this it's so much better than just having a, a radio show or a tv show because those are pre-recorded even if they're live um, I can scream all I want at the TV and nobody can hear me or I can scream all I want at the radio and nobody can hear me and nobody's going to respond to me. Whereas when you go online and you do something like this, like even right now, I've got people, um, that have asked some questions out in the chat that are waiting for me to get to those and, and ask you some questions. Um, and so the, the fact that, um, that we can do this and it, it's not only live, it's interactive. It's so much better than, than radio or TV ever could be because of that. Um, so I, I do think that it's definitely going to, um, I think it's going to take hold and that the more people understand um, that part of it, the, the more popular this format gets, um, especially now that, I mean, TV gets so expensive, you know, there are more and more people are cutting the cord. A lot of people are starting. I mean, I know a lot of people that don't watch TV. They watch YouTube videos. You can get every, just about everything you need other than actual sitcoms, right? You can get your news, you can get your sports, you can get your highlights, you can get everything from from YouTube and, and from other sites where you've got video clips. And so the fact that we've got this as an option, it's, it's just really, really cool. Um, so before I, I uh, switch gears here and before I forget, um, Chris, I do have a question out there from G23 who also has his own live stream. He goes live on Saturday nights. Um, what was the first gun, uh, your first gun? I'm assuming the first gun that you owned. Um, if it's not the first gun that you shot, I mean, you could answer both of those. And then what's your favorite gun, Chris? Oh, man, those are fun questions. So the first gun I ever shot was my father's Ruger Single Six, which is a 22 caliber six-shot revolver. 
so you know great great first gun for for uh, for anyone really and i was six years old you know and it's funny right when i look back at my experience uh, that just that's that's what was normal right to me right okay i'm six years old and i learned how to shoot a gun but as i've interacted with more more people both uh, mostly just non-gun owners right the the thought of a six-year-old child right shooting a gun is a very foreign concept right for 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 a lot of people and I, you know i give my dad a lot of credit for trusting me right and also teaching me the the fundamentals of firearm safety um so that was my first gun though uh the ruger single six the very first firearm i purchased was a sig 226 and it was supposed to be the 229 because i just i wanted a subcompact but the the guy at my local gun shop was like hey you know this is your first gun you should really you know buy a full-size pistol i'm like oh okay like i'll do the 226 which is a great gun great gun by the way but you know i still don't own a 229 and there's <laughs> a part of me that needs to fulfill my destiny and put a 229 in, in my safe and then the uh the third question there gosh you know Favorite gun to shoot? My God, um, if if I had to just pick one, it's probably the HK MP5. This nine millimeter submachine gun, iconic for SWAT teams, and at Knob Creek, which is a machine gun shoot mm -hmm. uh, out in Tennessee, back uh, or sorry, in Kentucky, Kentucky. Yep, Tennessee. Kentucky. Kentucky in Kentucky yeah uh, I was there like maybe six years ago and you can compete in a in a course of fire with an mp5 and I had like 300 rounds of ammo on me and just you know lugging this mp5 around just, it was so much fun yeah so That's the mp5 cool. fantastic fantastic platform very cool all right so let's move over now to Rebecca I see that uh, she's back technical difficulties yeah. but she's back um, my way man what was that i said you sent the gremlins my way i didn't mean to <laughs> i'm sorry it's probably paul i've never had problems until paul showed up so okay. we're not gonna blame him but i'm just saying it's a, it's you're not gonna it's blame cool. me you're just gonna blame me well i mean i'm yeah. not gonna <laughs> it's only because i know you can take it <laughs> there you go so, all right. What would you like to add as far as um, as far as the rally goes um, that that Chris didn't already cover? Uh, I missed some of what Chris covered, but what I can say is that I was at the rally last year. I was there. I was not speak, so I had the pleasure of standing back and watching the show, and it was amazing. It was amazing how well each speaker spoke to someone in the audience. It wasn't that every speaker spoke to everyone because that's not the reality of it. But everyone in the audience connected with one of the speakers or more than one of the speakers. And then they were able to interact with them after the fact. That will be a little bit different this year, but it doesn't have to go away. Since we're doing all this online, since we're sharing everybody's information, since we're giving the information on how to contact us individually, then we can still share with the audience. We can still reach out and continue conversations. And that that's the reason for the rally, is to start 
a conversation, everyone get on the same page and then go forward with whatever it is, whatever your particular goal is, just take the ball and go. That's very cool. No, it, it's going to be some some really cool stuff coming up here. So I, I encourage everybody. And as I get info, I will try to keep that posted. Um, we'll be talking about it in weeks to come here on on the podcast. And and if you haven't, uh, if you're on Facebook and you haven't gone over and liked the page, please do. Um, I need to organize a uh, a giveaway because we finally got to five thousand likes on Facebook. So um, kind of proud about that. And we're 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 over 1900 we're pushing 2000 on youtube and and I'd love to grow that some too um but i am going to i'm going to plan some sort of a cool prize giveaway for, to to celebrate that uh, that 5000 mark over on facebook so go like that page i put up a whole bunch of goofy stuff a lot of memes um some of its opinions my opinions aren't always the popular opinions um but uh any chance i get to poke fun at joe biden i'm going to put that meme up there because it's the guy's a treasure trove, so he makes it easy. Um, but uh, as I get that info, that's going to go up there too. And so um, I will definitely try to keep everybody posted over there. Um, up there in the chat, and I was kind of noticing the same thing. You were roboting just a little bit, Rebecca. So as, as much as we all hate to do this, um, maybe if we just have you click that uh, stop camera button down there at the bottom, and we'll still be able to hear you. We just won't be able to see you. And maybe there it is. All right. So we'll still know it's you because your name's still up there. So um, it may, uh, I might uh, improve the audio feed just a little bit there. Uh, so yeah, so John, if it's okay for me to interject. So uh, one thing I want to kind of tease for both GRPC yeah. and for the rally for your two way rights um, event coming up. Uh, one thing that's great about the virtual platform is we can do things that we can't do in person. So specifically, um, one thing I'll be doing in my GRPC talk this weekend is actually showing some guns <laughs> and some weapons. Um, and that's just, you know, when we're on stage, you know, in, in, in person, when we normally do this, you know, you can't bring weapons up on stage. And, uh, I have two weapons that I'll be mentioning. Uh, cool. One is an actual firearm. The second one is not a firearm, but something that every person wants to have uh, in their, in, you don't even need to put it in your safe. I'll just say you can have this in your garage, but it's an amazing, it's, it's a weapon. So let's leave it at that. So I'm just going to tease uh, a little uh, bit of that for, for GRPC. Um, now I have to, I mean, not that I wasn't going to watch, but. Now I have to see what's going to happen because I, I want to know what that is. So now I got to check the schedule too because I actually have to go to work on Saturday. So I won't get to watch everything that I want to um, as it happens, but I'll try to catch everything after the fact. Uh, but I definitely need to uh, definitely need to catch that. So good stuff. Uh, you know, if I can mention one more thing about GRPC. So yeah. you know, there's over you know, almost 120 speakers. Um, a lot of our speeches are are on the shorter side, right? We want we want them to be hard hitting, really focused, um, you know, on on pro Second Amendment content. Um, what's neat about the format is there are virtual panels, right? So we will be uh, a, a lot of the speakers. We're grouped into themes. So mm -hmm. my panel is how do we attract five million new gun owners, right? That's 
that's the, the the driving theme for 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 my speech and um, right it's it's everything from how do we lean into the LGBT community how do we get more Asian people right into into firearms ownership more women uh, just more diversity of not just um, you know ethnicity and races and gender and sex and sexual orientation but also diversity of thought mm-hmm. right we have not just blue collar right into you know folks but i i'm a white collar right tech worker i know a lot of doctors and engineers who are what i call closet gun owners mm-hmm. right that they are afraid to be out as a gun owner they are uh it's a part of their life that they put into this dark corner and they they hide it they hide it from their families they hide it from their friends and again, like I was saying earlier, it's like, right, that's, that's, that's not a way to live our lives, especially in a country like the United States of America, where we have this core fundamental tenet of freedom, right? That we should live, we all aspire, right? For, we're all in that pursuit of happiness. We want to be free and live our lives as free people. And it's and my hope is that each of the speakers at both GRPC, you know, this coming weekend at the rally for and at the rally for our two A rights on October twenty fourth, maybe somebody hears right one little tidbit of a speaker's talk that will resonate with them and that will give them either inspiration right or the confidence to just go be a gun owner right go help be a grassroots advocate for freedom and to help help the cause, right? That's that's really what uh, I would say all of these conferences uh, and events are for. That's very cool. Um, all right, so it looks like Rebecca's gremlins have uh, taken over again, so she may they're or may not be her back. alive. Yeah, something's going on. So maybe they're sending her out the window and up the stairs in the chairlift and out the window. I hope not. Um, best part of that movie, by the way. So um, I want to put you on the spot just a little bit. And, you know, for those of you that that aren't aware, Chris and I have never met. And before yesterday, we had never spoken to each other. I actually reached out to to Rob, uh, Rob Pincus, to see if he wanted to to come join me tonight as I was talking to Paul. And uh, he said he couldn't. He had some some personal life stuff going on that he was going to round some people up. And I'm thinking, well, maybe he's going to get, you know, people that, that have already know who I am, Cheryl Todd would come to mind or maybe Mike Sodini and he's like, no, I'm going to get uh, Rebecca Schmoy. I'm going to get Chris Chang work on him. I'm like, okay, cool. These are people that I never dreamed would ever know who I am, let alone be on the podcast. It's so cool. I'm completely starstruck um, as I do this, but anyway, that's a lot of words to just say that Chris doesn't know anything. We don't have anything scripted. We didn't really cover what we were going to talk about other than, um, you know, just some of these upcoming events. So, um, I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm not very delicate and I'm not, and very I'm not PC. a delicate flower. So Good deal. You can, so, yeah, you, so you come at me with what I, I just want to, I just want to know this because it, it's, it's not even a question from, from out there in the chat. It's just my own personal question. Um, because again, I mean, you, you didn't grow up in a place where guns were really normal. They may be normal in your house but you didn't come from a, a part of the world where, you know, guns are normal. Like I did, you know, I mean, it, it, saying that, you know, you had guns in the house growing up. Well, yeah, that's like saying we had a car in the garage. I mean, duh, doesn't everybody. So, um, and then, um, 
you know, obviously some of the some of the other stereotypes as far as you know what people think of with, as gun owners, you don't fit any of those molds. So what I want to know, and and uh, just to kind of showcase, because I I suspect I know the answer, and I I hope I know the answer, um, but you know, coming into the gun community as you did, you said about eight years ago, um, other than just you know being a self-taught amateur shooter you weren't really involved in the the quote-unquote industry right until just recently and so um being being an asian person being somebody who's gay being somebody who's not doesn't work for an uh an ammo manufacturer a gun manufacturer you're not from the industry um how welcoming have you found the 2A community and the gun community, because I always say they're two different circles. They overlap, but they're different circles. Just how welcome have you felt um, since you've been on this eight-year journey? Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, the, the the straight answer, ha, the straight answer <laughs> is uh, it's, it's been uh, marvelous. I mean, just the, you know, the, the firearms industry, gun owners, um, you know, have been so welcoming, right? Because it's, it's just not about me being gay. It's it's just about me being someone who supports our Second Amendment rights, who enjoys being a gun owner, right? And shooting mm -hmm. guns. For me, this is very much about just having fun. Anybody who's seen Top Shot understands that that show is just Disneyland for <laughs> adults shooting guns, like oh, yeah. doing things that I never imagined I would be doing in my life. And, and also a pre, for me, the, the, the Top Shot experience was one where I, I got a greater appreciation for the history, the history of the firearms, American history, world history, because that was a big part of the show was the Top Shot threw all sorts of weapons in our hands. And most of these weapons we never shot before. So, you know, what is the weapons background? Why are we shooting at certain targets? And so being able to live the history of the weapon, that's, that was just such an impactful way for me to, to, to experience not just what it was like to shoot certain guns, but to actually learn something as yeah. well. Um, and so back to kind of the, the, the core of your question, you know, I'll be really frank, you know, when I won Top Shot in 2012, and you know, I won $100,000 and I was working at Google at the time and I told my parents and Google that I'm quitting and I'm gonna go into the firearms industry and I didn't know a single soul. And I knew nobody. Uh, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, uh, he was concerned, my parents were concerned. They're like, hey, like, how are you gonna make a living? Like, what, what, what opportunities right, are there in the firearms industry? And I go, look, I have no idea how I'm gonna make money I'm going to make a living or a career out of this, but I am an adventurous type and I wanted to take a risk, right? Take a leap of faith and say the right, guns are, have always just been a thing that I see on TV and in Hollywood and sure, right? Like I've shot some guns, but I wasn't, I wasn't shooting a ton, you know, before my top shot experience. And I wanted to just understand a thing that I didn't know much about. And that's, that, that's, that's the adventure that I want to encourage everybody right, to take is if you don't understand something, like, like I thought that the Second Amendment community was going to be a bunch of bigoted racists. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was ready right, to go to battle 
with anti-Asian, anti-gay gun owners, right? I had to, I'd have to like just justify my existence at every turn, but that just didn't happen. And that was amazing, right? That the, the, that the gun owning community has truly lived and embodied acceptance and diversity. Um, and, and to be frank, like the, 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 the thing that spins my mind is, I, so I live in San Francisco and right, the, the Bay Area, we like to say, all oh, right, we are diverse and we are accepting of people from all walks of life. But you know what? The LGBT community has been one of the least accepting of me as a gun owner. It's been crazy mind boggling, right? That I have been way more welcomed as a gay person in the firearms community than than gay people trying you know trying to wrap their head around a gay person right like being a proud gun owner it's it's been inspiring uh with respect to the second amendment community but also disheartening uh and almost i'll be frank like i almost feel a little betrayed right by the gay community that like how how can you how can you betray your own values right saying you're a diverse right and accepting uh, intolerant community yeah. when clearly I haven't experienced that, you know, from, from start to finish. So that, there's some interesting, uh, hopefully interesting background for you. Yeah. Can and I, and can I interject? Yeah, go ahead. Um, one thing I'd like to bring up and is that this past weekend at Amcon, uh, two of the presenters were transgender and we didn't bill it that way. We didn't, right. uh, we just named their name and their expertise and we, and we let them, we let them fly. Mm -hmm. Gun rights policy conference. There are a number of gay and transgender people that speak every year. And with few exceptions, they're not billed as reaching the gay community. They're just, they're, they're people that are there to speak on a topic. And Quite often, they happen to be gay, they happen to be transgender, they happen to be whatever. And I, I wish all of America were as accepting of us as, as we are of people like that. No, and that's that's kind of what I suspected you were going to tell me, Chris, and that's why I, I asked the way that I did. Um, and it's not so much to say, hey, you know, look at us as two a people we're better than other groups obviously that's not the not my intent but for anybody who is maybe going to catch this and and like i said I, I just hope that this gets shared everywhere so please mash that share button everybody out there um but for those of you who um you know maybe you you've taken that leap and bought that gun but you don't know if you really fit in with the crowd because None of your other friends bought guns or, or even like guns. You know, um, you don't have to be a specific person. You don't have to fit a specific mold. You don't have to check any specific boxes to be in this club. I mean, and, and it, the, the thing that I like about it um, is the fact that, um, you know, Chris isn't here tonight as the, the gay guy or as the Asian guy. Chris is here as somebody who you know, eight years ago made a name for himself and since then has kept making a name for himself who just happens to be those other things that those don't even matter. Those aren't why you're here. Um, and so, and, and Paul is here because he knows what he's talking about. Um, not because of, you know, 
anything out, outside of that, Chris knows what he's talking about. Rebecca knows what she's talking about. Um, and she had messaged me. She's, I don't know if she's going to make it back in or not now, but I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that, um, yes, there's always going to be a holes granted. Every community has got them, including the two way community. There are going to be those people that aren't accepting. And that's just, that's life. I mean, the world is that way, but as a generalization from what I've seen, um, people claim that they want diversity as long as your diversity matches their diversity and you're not different from them. Whereas the 2A community, we don't claim that we want diversity. We just, we don't care. We don't care what color you are. If you're black, white, you know, you've got spots or stripes or polka dots or, or what can't, well, I mean, there are arguments about which camel to wear, but I mean, the, the, you know, none of that matters. We don't care who you love or how you love, or if you love, uh, we don't care who you worship or how you worship or if you worship, there's going to be other people like you in this community. And uh, even if there are no other people like you in this community, that doesn't mean that you're going to be excluded and, and that you're not welcome at the table. There is a seat at this table for literally everybody. And that's what I love. That's why I love claiming to be part of this community. Although if so. you mention nine versus 45, you could get into bar fights. <laughs> that is true. That is actually true. Okay, so we're gonna John, switch. hold on. Sorry, one last yeah, thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I, I love everything that you just said. And you know, the 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 main thing here is it's really about equality. And you know, I think the LGBT community has a different perspective of what equality means than what I and I think the Second Amendment. And uh, the gun, gun, uh, you know, community thinks about equality. So you know, equality for me means that nobody cares that you're gay or that you're Asian or that mm -hmm. you're a woman, right? Or you're oh whatever, right? That you, whatever your religion is, like that's that's what equality means, right? When everybody is equal, mm -hmm. it just all these sort of uh, check boxes or demographic, uh, you know, things that you have, they just they they don't they don't they don't define you, right? It's like we, we can't escape certain right things that we are or like our heritage and we shouldn't right we sh we shouldn't be trying to escape anything we should just own it mm -hmm. right but equality means that we're all treated equally right that no one's better than one another by virtue of really anything uh and i'm i'm just incredibly proud of the second amendment gun owning community for you know i would say living that value of equality way more than 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 the lgbt community which like you know like we discussed like they're they're where i discussed right that they're one community that proclaims right to advocate for equality and um yeah. I, yeah, i'll just say again i think the second amendment gun owning community has actually lived that virtue way better mm -hmm. than uh than, than i imagine i'm and i'm very proud of proud of that fact for for all no, of us that's really cool. I remember here, um, it's been several months ago now, but there was a small uproar when um, the ATF redesigned the, the form 4473 and, you know, moved stuff around. And then there was um, also some uproar over if we're going to add non-binary as a checkbox as far as sex goes. The uproar should be, why is that box on there to begin with? Who cares? Why does it matter the demographics of who's buying this firearm. It doesn't matter if they're male or female 
or none of the above or all of the above. That shouldn't even be asked. Race shouldn't be asked on that form. The federal government should not care about those things. So that's my personal opinion. I would just as soon see those boxes never hit the form and then my name and address be on a different page still than what the firearm is. Yes, that would be great. Anyway. All right. So we're not going down that rabbit hole tonight. Um, we're going to uh, switch gears a little bit. We're taking longer than I thought we would here tonight. Um, and, and Chris, I know that I had told you about an hour. So if you need to roll, then I totally get it. If you want to hang out, you're welcome to hang out here. Um, I'm not going to kick you off, but I'm not going to make you stay because I know that you've got a lot of things going on. So I got a little bit more time. It's you know, okay. five minutes, five minutes to the hour point. But if we, we you know, dribble over, that's fine. All right. So so when we were on Tuesday night and the feed went so badly and nobody could hear it, <laughs> um, Paul, you had mentioned um, as we were talking about lobby groups, um, you had mentioned that uh, people are you know, we all, we shouldn't, I shouldn't say we all, I do. I love to hate on the NRA. I love to dog on them for the things that I think they should be doing that they're not doing. But you brought a very cool perspective that I hadn't considered um, as far as that the NRA is still indispensable and we, we really don't survive without them. So would you just go into that and, and just kind of rehash everything that you had said the other night um, as far as why the NRA is indispensable to us? Well, I'm, I'm going to start with, uh, I am not a Wayne Lafayette apologist. I think <laughs> the NRA would be better off if, uh, if Mr. Lafayette decided it's been a great career and it's time to step aside. Amen. Having said that, the NRA does a ton, and I mean a ton of stuff for gun owners. Uh, they, they train trainers. They train gun owners. The, if you are in several states, you have to get to get your concealed carry permit. Those draconian states that make you get one. Uh, quite often, one of the requirements is you take an NRA course of fire. And to get that, you have to go through an NRA in, uh, certified instructor. Uh, the NRA carries insurance for most of, if not all of, the ranges in my area and uh i would think probably most of the ranges in the united states have nra's insurance mm -hmm. the nra really has to if, if the nra were to totally go away it would really 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 hurt gun owners and i honestly believe if you own a gun you need to belong to the nra you also need to belong to places like the Second Amendment Foundation, which I highly recommend. I'm a lifetime member, both of the NRA and the SAF. Uh, places like Firearms Policy Coalition, uh, Nebraska Gun Owners, uh, Minnesota uh, Gun Owners Caucus. There's there's, there's you know, statewide uh, uh, NJ2S, New Jersey Second Amendment Society. There's all over the country, uh, there are local organizations, but if you own a gun, man, you've got to belong to the NRA. They're in a fight for their life. Uh, is what the New York Attorney General doing political? Of course it is. Uh, this, this is politics down to the core. Could there be things wrong with the NRA? Yes, there could. Uh, but we, uh, every person that, that, that I speak to, I tell them, you've got to be a member of the NRA now more than ever because the, the what they do for us could 
very possibly go away in the future. Nope. That was, that was, um, very eye-opening. I hadn't thought about some of that stuff. And then after, after you said some of that, and then Nighthawk had, had said some stuff too, when he was on here with us, um, I mean, yeah, if, if there are no, if there's no NRA, then all of a sudden there's no NRA certification, uh-huh. which means that how many states don't, don't have a system in place where you can get a permit of, you know, the states that like mine who uh, aren't, aren't constitutionally uh, equipped enough to, to, to say that you don't need a permit. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get there one day. We were one of the last states to get uh, CHPs, so we'll be one of the last states to go constitutional. I, I'm sure of that. Um, but you know, if, if you need let, to have a let, just just let Omaha secede, and then you're in good shape. You know, there's actually people that would would like to see that. Um, I have, I have mixed thoughts about the subject, and maybe one night we'll just talk about that for a for a whole Tuesday night. But um, no, the the thing is that. Um, you know, if, if you do have to take a course and you have to take a course with an NRA certified instructor or the state won't recognize it because the state may not recognize a, a USCCA instructor or, you know, any of the other uh, organizations that, that give certifications out. Some states only will recognize the NRA certification for an instructor's course. And so if you're not NRA certified, then some states, if there's no NRA, you're not certified at all which means that uh, how do you get a permit if if there's nobody certified to teach the course and you can't get it without a course so just that very thought alone means that they're they're not going to say you know in the meantime i highly doubt there will be a judge that'll say well you know in, in the interim just go ahead and carry without it that's not going to happen so what's going to happen instead it's going to be just like it has been when when uh, all of these uh the the Knicks and everybody else and all the state level organizations are shut down and there's nobody working in them. You just can't get your permit. You can't, you you can't even file in some places when that happens, it's going to be that way all over the country. If we were to lose the NRA completely. Now, like you said, what happens in New York may, may be bad. It may be not so bad, but whatever happens, it, it doesn't completely kill the NRA, but no, um, yeah. If the New York General, Attorney General is completely successful, within 24 hours after whatever happens in New York happens, there will be an NRA-2 or yeah. a, uh, instead of National Rifle Association, the National Rights Association will be uh, made a corporation in place someplace like Texas or South Dakota or Florida. The, the NRA will survive it's just how grievous wounded will be right that's right hey out there in the chat i see that my beautiful bride is actually logged in she's not in the producer's chair but she is out there holding it down in the chat so um good i'm glad that she's along because it just doesn't feel right to do this without my wife being here so that is sandhill's sweetheart for those of you that don't yet know her most everybody in the chat are familiar names and so uh They've all been missing her out there, wondering where the heck she is, and why we could, why I would possibly do this without her being here. So shame on you, doggone me. Well, actually, I had this scheduled before she scheduled uh, the the appointment that she was going to go to. So she, uh, um, that's all right though. Anyway, we're not going to shame her for not being here. I'm just glad that she's here now. So, so all right. Um, I 
I was looking for questions. I don't know that I really missed a whole lot um, of questions out there other than the one that I already asked. So while we've got a few minutes before Chris has to go, does anybody have a question out there uh, in the chat that you want to ask um, as far as uh, Chris is concerned or Paul? Um, but I know I've got Paul for a little bit longer than than I have Chris. And I do know there was a comment out here. Where'd it go to? Uh, New York Outcast had said, how often does Chris shoot? He's got to be good to be on top shot. Give us some tips, bro. So <laughs> what what advice yeah. would you give for other uh, amateurs who, who are also self-taught? Like, like, I fit that mold, actually. So the number one tip that I can provide for everyone is to dry fire practice. When I was training for top shot, I was holding down a full-time job at Google, which is about 50 hours a week. And then in all of my free time, I was spending about 20 to 25 hours a week studying and training on firearms. But that 20 to 25 hours a week, a lot of that time was not at the range. And so right, there's this false conception that you have to shoot live ammunition in order to get really good at shooting, which for a lot of professional shooters, I mean, sure, yes, of course, like you ultimately do need to go to the range and like mm -hmm. shoot live ammo, but a lot of the finer skills around trigger control and sight alignment, sight picture and breathing control, these are all things you can do right in your room, in a bedroom, in a TV room, and dry firing, if, uh, I, I assume most listeners know what dry firing is, but if you don't know what it is, you basically have an unloaded firearm and you're going through all the motions, right? You can load an empty magazine in an empty gun, right? Rack the slide. And it's really about bringing the gun up on target, slowly squeezing that trigger and literally doing that hundreds and if not thousands of times, right? So I, when I was training for Top Shot, I probably pulled the trigger on a variety of guns, probably 20 to 30,000 times, right? Over a five month period. And a lot of those trigger pulls were with no ammunition. Mm -hmm. And I'd be sitting there watching TV and I'd have a pistol in my hand unloaded and I just, you know, rack it, you know, aim it, plug on the wall and click, you know, rack it, aim it down and something on the TV, click, and just do that over and over and over again. And, the author Malcolm Gladwell, if you're familiar with him, you know, he wrote a book about successful people and the skills that they have in terms of how they get to be successful. And, and Malcolm Gladwell says, if you want to become proficient at a particular skill, you need to do that repetition uh, of that skill at least 10,000 times, right? 10,000 times before you become at least proficient, right? That basic level of proficiency. Um, so that really stuck with me with, with my, my, my training and to say, okay, if I want to get good at literally just pulling the trigger, I got to squeeze a trigger at least 10,000 times. So dry fire practice. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's the invaluable tool that if you have a gun, you may not have a ton of money for ammunition, but dry firing is free. The only thing that it costs you is your time. And as a responsible gun owner, we should all be putting our time into uh, training with our firearms and making sure we are safe and efficient and effective. Very true. All right. Kingpin wants to know, have you seen any damage from dry fire training in your guns? Uh, not in my guns in particular, but that is a very good point. 
depending on the type of firearm that you have, you should definitely uh, either consult your manufacturer or, you know, go into some discussion forums and ask, hey, right, is it okay to dry fire, uh, you know, a particular gun? I'd say generally speaking, uh, if it's a Glock or a SIG or any like more modern firearm, it's generally fine to dry fire. I think where we you sort of start to see some problems if it's like an older firearm, like if it's, uh, you know, maybe World War II or, or prior to that era, uh, right? And then you should, you know, you should consult a gunsmith or, or you know, an armor or your gun shop. But, you know, if it's a modern firearm, that's a generally it's fine to dry fire. The thing you should be aware of is, right, every time you're dry firing, right, you're either dropping uh, a hammer onto the firing pin or if it's striker fired, uh, you're, you're putting some strain on springs, on, right, metal on metal. Um, so like any tool, you're, the more you use it, the, the more frequently you're gonna need to replace springs or, right, maintain the internal components. So, uh, but obviously, uh, guns are meant to be used, so you should use them, whether you're dry firing them or using uh, live ammunition. So hopefully that's a helpful tip for everybody. I would think that most guns, not, of course, people that, that shoot a lot for competition and whatnot, but most guns are probably going to see more damage from rust or misuse or lack of use than they are from, from dry fire. So I would, from what I've seen anyway, again, like you said, on, especially on the more modern ones. Um, all right, we're going to uh, do one more question, and then we're going to wrap things up here. So uh, G23 has a double question. He wants to know if you use the Mantis X10 system, uh, or do you use something different for dry fire? And would you take requests for joining other people's live streams, those of us that have tiny little shows? Oh, fun stuff. So uh, great questions. Um, I, I do have a Mantis system, but <laughs> I have, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that I haven't tried it yet, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've heard excellent things about the Mantis system. So if it's something that uh, you've been interested in uh, exploring, uh, it's literally sitting in a box in my closet and I just haven't had time to use it. But um, I use a CERT pistol. Um, Mike Hughes, who was uh, on season one or two of Top Shot, um, he has a company that makes uh, these training laser pistols called CERT. Uh, they are great. Um, you can get them either in a, a Glock or um, I think it's a MMP yes. frame, um, and they're great, right? It's, it's it's an inert laser trainer pistol, and that's where you can get right more of that dry fire practice. And I'll just sit there with my cert, and I'll just aim at the TV, I'll aim at the table, I'll aim at a glass, uh, you know, sitting on a coffee table or other objects uh, in the room. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, whether it's Mantis or CERT, um, there's a lot of other systems out there where you can put um, you know, a, a laser inside your pistol or rifle, and when you, you, know, when you, you squeeze the trigger and the hammer drops, it'll hit the, the laser, it'll actually like, fire a temporary laser at your target, and there's laser reactive targets, so th there's so many good systems out there, um, and I highly recommend that you try one and uh, make it work. Uh, and then for the other question, um, yeah, you know, anybody who, uh, you know, wants to, uh, have me on their show, you can always uh, go to my website, topshotchris.com. Uh, my email address is up there. So, uh, yeah, any, any, uh, media inquiries, uh, can, uh, can go to, uh, my email address through the website, topshotchris.com. Awesome. Go ahead. Uh, Chris, I want to know, uh, just, 
and we're going to start another bar, bar fight here. Isosceles, <laughs> Weaver, or Chapman? What's your preferred handgun shooting stance? So the answer to that is always, it depends on your application, right? So part of it is like, where are you shooting your gun, right? So in, in competition, for me, it's it's almost always isosceles because uh, in three gun shooting in particular, you're going from, your transition from one target to the next to the next. So having that isosceles triangle stance allows you to basically pivot either at your knees or your hips at like a turret. Right. At least for me personally, like that's easier. Um, bullseye shooting, I'm usually I'm I'm usually isosceles, but again, it sort of depends on the kind of gun I'm shooting. Um, I think the Weaver stance is great. Um, right, if we're talking about personal protection or home defense, having a Weaver stance where you're bladed right at around a 45 degree angle, where, where you're reducing right your surface, your visible surface area right to a potential threat. Right, that's where you would want to use a weaver stance. Um, so I think, Paul, it's a great question. And I think the main thing is we should all be practicing as many stances, right? And as many shooting positions as possible. Cause well, the way I like to think about, you know, the shooting skill set is you want to have as many tools in the toolbox as possible. So when you are in a particular situation, that you have all these tools that you can pull from, but only through training and repetition and experience, right? Will you know, okay, do I need to go into an isosceles stance or a weaver stance or, you know, on a knee or right, like use a wall as a barrier or barricade. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really about practicing, training, studying, right? These different stances. So uh, yeah, that's a great question. Thanks, Paul. All right, so let's wrap things up. Uh, and again, I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your day today and uh, and joining us tonight, both of you fellas, um, and Rebecca too. Even though she uh, she didn't last the whole time on uh, on the feed, but uh, she did uh, she did get get to get some info out there while she was here. So um, I know that uh, that you can. I'll have to track down the exact website for One Million Moms Against Gun Control. But uh, but that's a great place to start looking for Rebecca. Chris, if anybody wants to find you and reach out to you, where should they do that? Yeah, so my website, topshotchris.com. Uh, I'm uh, active on Instagram and Facebook. And then a final shout out for the Gun Rights Policy Conference coming up this weekend. Everybody should tune in. Uh, like Paul mentioned earlier, go to the, uh, the GRPC uh, Facebook uh, page where there will be a live stream. And then there's a second event coming up October 24th, which is a Saturday, and that's the 2A Rally for Our Rights. Uh, I'll be co-emceeing uh, that event, uh, also a virtual platform. So uh, secondamendmentrally.com is the website for that. You can uh, sign up for email uh, notifications, and we also have uh, Facebook and Instagram presence. So Gun Rights second Policy Conference and Second Amendment Rally. Secondamendmentrally.com. Is it 2ND Amendment Rally? Or oh, yeah, yeah. So 2ndamendmentrally.com. Great question. There we go. We'll throw that out there in the in the chat so that people can uh, can find that and click on those links. And I did awesome. also throw up the link for uh, um, saf.org slash grpc. Take you right to the SAF's page 
for the GRPC this weekend. So um, go check out Chris. Did we mention he was on Top Shot, by the way? So he's kind of famous, too, just saying. Um, and, uh, yeah, can't wait to actually get a chance to to be in the same place that you are so so I can actually – get a picture with you and, and prove that I really do know you. So we'll definitely grab that picture one time, one, <laughs> one day soon, but also a big shout out. If everybody has run out of shows to watch in COVID quarantine, that season four of top shot is on Amazon prime. So if you're a prime subscriber, oh. you can go check out season four of top shot. I mean, all the seasons of top shot are on there. It's a great show. Everybody should, uh, should check it out. If you haven't seen it before, it's, it's so, it's so great. It's so much fun. And, um, but watch season four first. Yeah, start yeah, with season yeah. four and then then go back through. <laughs> I am actually now fifty percent of the top shots have been on this podcast. Nice. So, as as small as we are, we occasionally get some big name guests. So, it's good to have friends in high places. So, all right, Paul. Anybody that's looking for you, where will they find you? Easiest way to find about just about everything I do is to go to uh, selfdefenseradio.net or sdrn.us. That's the webpage for the Self Defense Radio Network. Not only is my show there, but all the other shows on the network are there. You can listen or subscribe right from the website. There you go. All righty. And not to put any carts before any horses, but one day there may be an, a link on that website for, uh, for, the get off my lawn podcast as well so we'll see what happens there there may have been talks that's all i'm gonna say for now <laughs> there may have been talks nothing's nothing's in stone yet anyway uh fellas thank you so much for for joining us tonight and uh um taking time for uh out of everything that you're doing because i know that you're both busy busy people especially getting ready for within this weekend and and uh, the rally coming up here in a few more weeks too so again this weekend grpc october 24th rally for your 2a rights don't miss either one i am so torn right now because i actually i i as long as the schedule that i saw for october my work schedule um the copy that i saw is not official but if that's the one that gets finalized i'm off that day so not only is it rally for your two A rights, it's also Big Ten football's uh, opening day, and my Huskers are actually going to be playing. So other than when the Huskers are playing, I should be able to watch most of that. So nice. <laughs> anyway, just a uh, uh, quick uh, selfless, uh, shameless plug—not selfless, shameless plug for myself. Um, if you are a Nebraskan. Well, even if you're not a Nebraskan, you can become a member of Nebraska Firearms Owners Association. It is free to do so. No membership money is required. And everybody uh, from the board, the president on down, is a volunteer. There are no paid positions at the NFOA. Um, they're doing everything in Lincoln that we wish some of those other groups could get done um, or would do in Washington. So whenever there's a bad bill, NFOA reps show up to... Uh, uh, testify against it. And whenever there's a good bill for gun owners, NFOA reps show up there to testify for it. Uh, but uh, because everything is done on donations, they need your help. So please become a member and any money that you send, you can be sure it's not going into anybody's pocket. It is staying in the organization to fight the good fight. If you're a Nebraskan, you can become a full member on the website and you can get into the forum where you can vote for board of directors. There are 15 people running for the board. There are seven positions to fill. The name John Anderson is in there. So please go vote for him because he's very cool 
and he looks and sounds. A country music singer. He's a great country music singer. Um, exactly. Not that John Anderson. No, not the guy from Florida. The guy from Nebraska that has a podcast called the Get Off My Lawn Podcast. So I would appreciate everybody's support if you are a Nebraskan. Please go. Um, and uh, I've got a post on the community tab on my on my YouTube channel. And then I've also got uh, a post on the Facebook page with the actual instructions. So it's free to join. You're a member right away. But once you sign up for the forum, then you've got to email the admin, um, which is admin at nebraskafirearms.org. Let them know you signed up, that you are a Nebraskan, and what the username is, the handle that you picked, so that uh, they can grant you full member status because only full members who are vetted can vote for the board because we don't want out-of-staters voting for that. So I appreciate everybody's support. I thank you so much. The The voting goes through the 30th, but so far... Um, I am in the top seven, so if everything stays the way it is, I will actually get a spot on the board, which is not what I expected the first time through. So we'll see if God blesses me to be on the board or not. It's up to him. It's not up to me. So with that said, I thank Rebecca Schmoy from uh, One Million Moms Against Gun Control. I thank Top Shot Chris Chang. I thank uh, Paul Lathrop from the Polite Society podcast. And most importantly, I thank all of you on behalf of Rebecca, Chris, Paul, on behalf of Sandhill Sweetheart and myself, thank you so much for uh, catching this. Those of you out in the comment section, thanks for uh, the great questions and comments. If you are watching on replay, still leave a comment. We want to know that you watched it, what you thought, if you had any other questions um, or comments to add. And then please hit the thumbs up button. Please hit that share button. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button, you need to do that too. So thanks, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. But now you got to go. Get off my lawn. <laughs>